0: Daniel Linhart. Hey, George. Here we are again. Here we are. Back at the table of wonder. I don't know. I just, <laughs> just, to, I just was trying <laughs> to... It's
1: the table of wonders, everyone.
0: Um, we, could, we could change the name of the, the podcast to the... The Wonder Table. <clears throat> the Wonder Table. Wonder Years. That was a great show. It was.
1: I don't know how many seasons there were. I don't think I... I mean, I watched a little bit of it.
0: I just remember that the girl was probably... I mean, they were probably roughly the same age as us. And so, like... Penny? Yeah, Penny? You, had to, you had to have a crush on her. Was that, was that Penny? Winnie. Penny. She played Gwendolyn Winnie Cooper. Winnie. Okay. I knew it was an any. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking for a segue, but I'm not finding one to, to jump into the episode.
1: Well, today we're going to be talking about the tools we use. Yeah, you did. And they're wonderful.
0: Oh.
1: They've given us a years of wonder. Because we've been able to
0: explore. I don't know. I tried. It's good. It's good. Well, Daniel, we're approximately seven years into this stay-at-home quarantine. And <laughs> it feels like it, doesn't it? I, Day
1: 2247. I, it I'm is, still talking to George through a still microphone.
0: still haven't hugged you. And <laughs> I miss your hugs. I'm not going to lie. You, I like giving hugs. They're good. And they, um, you, you're a good smelling guy. So I kind of missed that a little bit. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to say it on the podcast. (laughs) What? Do it. Lean into it. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, your hair's looking good today. It's getting long, man. If you're watching this on the YouTubes, it is a, um, it's getting out there. It's, I need, I need someone to cut it Mm. and I can't cut it myself.
1: Um, Mine got a good quarter inch, so it just got crazy. So I I had to get
0: rid of it. You got a quarter inch for you? That's long. It is. I know.
1: It just doesn't look good. And it's hard to shave because then you have to to trim it first. Trim it first, yeah. And then you have to shave. And I mean...
0: Uh, This doesn't bother me that much. I don't mind the length on the top. It's the back hair, the back of the neck hairs. Mm, I'm not turning around because it's just... Just have Jesse do a little trim back there. I, well, she's not confident. She doesn't, she's not really, she doesn't want to. We're, Who's going we'll to see it? I don't know, but I can feel it. When I'm cycling, it like, I don't know, it like tickles my neck. I don't, I don't. anyways, Anywho, that's, that's not what this podcast is about. It's not about hair. It's not about the virus. But it is about saying yes and figuring it out. So you it could take that. that to your hair. That's true. So I should, just, <laughs> I should just shave it, is what you're saying. Just say yes. I'm bald, And then figure it out. Um, <clears throat> so we've been talking, if you haven't been listening, which I hope you have been, uh, about a lot of things. This podcast is, we've meandered a bit. We've mm. gone in different directions. All of it has a, a common thread, a theme through it. Um, we've been, we kind of started off option five talking really about the story of Crema Mm. why we thought product teams were how work ought to be done and then we started kind of boiling it down and kind of simmering it out what what's what is it about product teams and we found some things around their their disciplines their the structures that define them the mm. the postures that they have really helped them to be adaptive and to move fast and to learn quickly and right yeah but and then, and then, of course, now we're reacting a little bit to the new world we live in, mm-hmm. um, which happens to be my bedroom. Right. I'm and in a basement playroom. Yeah. Yep. Not the office. Um, I did actually go into the office um, to mm-hmm. grab, what did I grab?
1: A desk and a chair. Oh, I did the right. same thing. That's right. I even and programmed I, my desk with oh, the yeah. one and the two. Me too. And so now if I want to stand, I just push number one.
0: So today's episode, we're, we wanted to get practical. We want to talk and give some people some insight into maybe some of the, the actual tools that we use. When we talk about structures, one of the structures, one of the things that you have to kind of define, what are we going to use to get our work done? And, and some of that is tools. And I think a lot of people right now are kind of trying to push away from tools. They want to say mm-hmm. like, okay, it doesn't matter what tool you use. As long as you have the right mindset and the right attitude, you can do mm-hmm. anything. And that is true. That is yeah. true. To a certain um, extent. To a certain extent. But there are, we, we are behind the scenes, under the surface. We are tool nerds, or at least I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've spent the good part of the last 10 years trying every single SaaS tool I can get my hands on for multiple reasons. Um, one is because I love studying what other people doing or are doing with technology. Um, so watching what they're doing with their user experience, uh, what they're building it in, how it works across platforms, et cetera. Mm. And then other times I'm just trying to figure out ways to make, make it easier for our team to, to collaborate mm-hmm. no matter where we are. Yep. So today we're going to be talking about the apps that we use today to be remote. Um, spoiler alert. These are not new for us. Uh, maybe mm. one one of them, one tool in this list, let me look. Yeah, one tool in this list is relatively new for us um, since the stay-at-home order.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Otherwise, most of these we've been using for uh, um, at least a year, if not mm-hmm. years. Um, oh, these, yeah. are, these are in no particular order now that I, that I look at them. But let's start, Dan, with the 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 traditional, you know, rock solid email app. Hmm. You know what Gmail. I mean? Gmail, right? <laughs> so we're we happen to be on Google G Suite um, as a company. Um, that probably alone was the number one thing that made it easy for us to go home, mm-hmm. because we weren't dealing with a um, a an email server. Right through our uh, an enterprise or right. through our back at the office for some somehow, and the security measures that it takes to to connect to that. Mm-hmm. I personally use the web browser. I like Gmail's interface. I've mm-hmm. gotten used to it. I used to use Inbox. I do miss Inbox, mm-hmm. which is so clean. Mm-hmm. Um, do you use a do you use an email um, client like anything that pulls in your Gmail?
1: No, I use the browser. I mean, they're.
0: G uh, Gmail mobile app is fantastic. Yeah, I really like it. it I mean, to, I didn't used to like it, but yeah, it, the last six months or so, it's been really good. I mean, I don't even
1: really fully remember what Inbox looked like. on mobile, really
0: close, really close to the Gmail Inbox.
1: Right now, it's incredibly different on the web, but True. um, yeah, from a mobile standpoint, it's fantastic. It's easy, um, and yeah, I just use the browser. I mean let's be honest what Google did through Gmail, even Google calendar. Mm -hmm. If you are a entrepreneur or small business owner, I mean, you don't need to go to outlook. You don't need to spend a ton of money on whatever email client you want to use. Gmail allows you to get set up very quickly. Um, Yeah. I mean, you you can't really go wrong going with Gmail.
0: You know, it's funny. I, this is going to sound really bad. It's just kind of judgy. I used to when I see some hotmail? I yes. <laughs> if somebody has yeah. a hotmail or they have an Outlook account. Uh-huh. Um or what's some other ones or like if you can tell they're using their internet service provider email address. Uh-huh. Whether it's like it,
1: spcglobal.net yes. or .com or yes. yeah.
0: I there's a part of me it's just like, "Oh, you're miss
1: yeah, it's just like you're missing
0: out on yeah. just something so easy." it could be easier. Um, how judgy are we? we I mean, that's super, <laughs> super bad. Um, so I will say, yeah, I love, um, I love Gmail and I honestly, mm-hmm. I, uh, Jesse, um, uh, my wife, she uses Outlook for a couple different, um, business things that she does. I have seen the new Outlook and it does look yeah. slick. It's yeah. pretty slick. Um, it just feels, it's still, I don't know. I'm still got the whole, like, not not hot on Microsoft um, Mm -hmm. vibe going through me, the Mac fanboy, but um, it does look pretty slick. And so I'll I'll give it some props there. There's been lots of um, email clients that have come through over the years. Um, Mailplane was one that I I used for a bit. Um, Air, uh, airmail or something like that.
1: Airmail was good. I used one other one. I can't remember what it was.
0: Postbox. Um,
1: Yeah. I think airmail was the one.
0: And then there's trying to do some things with like security. Um, so, I think Spark or, or something like that does some really high security mm-hmm. measures. So, but but email is in many ways the backbone of a lot of businesses. We actually pretty quickly go from uh, email is primarily used only for external communication with um, like third party groups. Um, right. Maybe our vendors
1: or initial conversations with clients and still sales. Yeah. Still conversations with clients, but even then we're pulling clients into another app that we'll get into here in a
0: little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, well, let's, let's just like make that transition. So we pretty quickly get our clients off of email mm-hmm. and into something that's far more collaborative if they'll go for right. it. Sometimes they don't, but we try to bring them into our environment, make them feel like they're part of our collaborative team, which means we're immediately inviting them into Slack. Slack, right. Um, that can be done one of two, two ways. Uh, mm-hmm. You can bring them in as a guest account if they don't already, ha- already have a Slack account and they don't mind jumping over to your Slack workspace. Right. Um, but uh, which is pretty also- seamless. Yeah. It's pretty seamless, but you can yeah. also do shared channels. So if they mm-hmm. have a Slack instance and you have our Slack workspace and you have, they, they have a workspace, you can create a shared channel, um, which is actually pretty cool. We haven't done it a lot, but when we do do it, it's, it's pretty nice. And a lot of our clients have adopted Slack after using it with us. So that's cool Oh
1: yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And even in, uh, just the, you know, with being quarantined and stay-at-home order, I've um, had conversations with people that are like looking into Slack or Microsoft Teams. There's actually quite a few out there that I didn't really mm-hmm. know about. There's a new one out there; I can't remember what its name was, but it looked pretty good as well. Um, an organization I know that just went with Teams after uh, the top four were Slack, Teams, and then two others. Yeah, I haven't used Teams. I mean, I've heard that it's actually pretty good. Yeah, but, I have too. Um, they, I think, from a price point standpoint. Teams was going to work better for them.
0: Um, Yeah, that's what I've heard is that Teams is slightly less expensive. That was kind Mm -hmm. of their competitive advantage. I -hmm. like Slack because it's just so integrated.
1: It is. Yeah, I don't know how well Teams is integrated, but with Slack, I mean, I get Slack updates if someone shares um, a Google Doc with me, a a Dropbox paper doc. I mean, anything we use, yeah, yeah, anything can get integrated that way. I get notified through one app, but then I can go out and do the processing or whatnot through the other app. I
0: Whatever would say that Slack is like my hub, mm-hmm. and all, almost I think this is true. Slack and maybe my calendar, right, mm-hmm. are are my hub, and then everything else is a spoke that's mm-hmm. kind of reaching out from there, and then I bring it back in in some way. Yep. Um, in Slack, we use um, channels, so we have channels for we have forty people on staff, and we have mm-hmm. channels for kind of all of our different topics, and then any craft team you're on, so like a design channel, a dev mm-hmm. channel, a product management channel, um, and then. I think you guys have an Ops channel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a sales channel. Um, there's a lot of channels. Now, most of, the, most of the company is probably in, on average, maybe less than 10 channels. Right. Uh, some of them are cultural. Some of them are teams that they're on. And some of them are actually clients that they're on. Um, uh, I am uh, I think I'm on like 35 channels. I don't know how many I
1: have. And I think a lot of them, I'm just there. I just need to remove them I know, from my, my interface. Yeah. But the good thing about Slack that I think the number one reason is think of the important conversations you have in email that get stuck in a very long email string. Yep. And before you know it, I mean, you're scrolling oh, through yeah just, I don't know how many threads are the worst. I mean, it just gets buried and then search. I mean, if it's something gets buried in a thread with someone, but you've had 18 emails from them on different conversations, it gets unruly. And then think about all the subscriptions you may subscribe to. I mean, before you know it, you're having to search through, I don't know, thousands upon thousands of archived emails just because you can't find it. Now, the thing about Slack is like everything's contextual. So Uh uh if I know that, okay, this is a conversation between um, our executive team, I'll go to our executive channel and I'll find it and I can easily search through that channel. Yeah, Everything everything is contextual um, versus having to go through email after email. And it's also so easy to communicate because it's like text. I mean, I can quickly send you a direct message saying the DMs is huge. Yeah. Can we talk about this real quick? Um, Or I can just send you a link to, a video of like, hey, watch this. I thought this was interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's talk mm-hmm. about it versus having to just go to email. It's just so much faster and it's real time.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, we've been using some type of chat platform for a long time, but Slack has definitely been. And you, I mean, most of the technology world, most of the business world is on Slack. So it's not, that's not going to be anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, the integrations are probably the newest stuff. And that's mm-hmm. probably our favorite thing. So um, as we start to go into some of these other apps, we can talk about how they integrate back into Slack. Right. Um, Let's let's jump to let's jump to okay. There's a couple different tools that we use for content creation mm-hmm. or um, or writing stuff. I mean, let's mm-hmm. just keep it as generic as that. If you need to write out a a description of something or an article or an outline or an agenda, mm-hmm. um, what is your go-to? Because I think we this is where we different people go in different directions a bit. Mm-hmm. Where, what's your go-to for a um, an editor area of, um, what am I looking for? What's like a word processor, word processor. Oh gosh. That's when's the last time you used that term
1: for me? I usually go to Google docs. Right. Um, I'm kind of
0: curious why what's, what's your, I think it's just habit.
1: I think it's just force of habit. You know, I've been using it for so long. I love paper, which is uh, one of the other ones we use, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. from Dropbox. It's, it's great. Um, it looks, it looks better. It's just cleaner. It's a
0: little, it's more minimalist
1: cleaner. Yeah. Um, and it, it can integrate really well with some of the other services we use. Um, I don't know what it is, but Google docs, I just feel like I'm there already. I can quickly just go from Gmail or my calendar quickly to Google docs. If I need to do a spreadsheet, I can go to Google sheets. Yeah. Um, I think it's just force of habit. It's easy. Um, I but think I'm also probably, a paper as well.
0: I think for you, the Google docs seems like a more natural solution because you use sheets so much. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're already in that, that um, Google Docs or the, the Google environment. Right. Um, totally get that. I've been using Google Docs to write some of my speeches recently. Mm-hmm. And um, the new autocomplete feature. Oh, it's so nice. Is baller. It's so yeah. cool. It's yeah. so cool. I mean, it's been in Gmail for a while, that kind of like helping you complete something. Uh, but the fact that it like guesses at my sentences, uh-huh. it's, it's, gotten, it's gotten better. Uh, when it first came out, it, there were some little quirks, but um, that 's probably my favorite thing, and Gmail has cleaned up it feels a lot more lightweight than it used to. It used to feel like a heavy app for uh-huh. me. so uh-huh. that 's why I was always looking for something other than Gmail or excuse me other than Google Docs. Um, I use paper a lot primarily, I think the number one reason I use paper is because it 's a, a markdown uh-huh. so being able to use um, if you're not familiar with markdown it 's just a basic way to create outlines and, and um, page structure uh-huh. uh, using keyboard shortcuts. So for instance, like you can do uh, pound um, or hashtag space and that creates a header or hashtag, right. hashtag makes an H2. Um, and then you can bold things with, you know, um, star and stuff like that. It, that. That's primarily why I like paper and I like it. Also, cause it's a live document has some nice integrations though. I don't use those integrations very much. I don't mm-hmm. pull in stuff into paper. Like some of our product managers can are really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't use drop. I guess I didn't put Dropbox on the, on the list here, but Dropbox, Dropbox and paper, you really have to just think of them as two completely separate products. Right. Just if you're thinking about moving to Dropbox to do a bunch of things. Just separate those products in your mind. They don't work together. <laughs> it's super frustrating. They should work together and they really don't. Uh, right. So paper, um, uh, Google Docs, and then I'll add one, another one that we've more recently, our product teams have started introducing and that's Confluence. Mm-hmm. So if you're part of the Atlassian um, suite, which includes Jira, Confluence, there's, they have a couple of other tools. We don't really use oh, other yeah. tools all that I'm much.
1: I'm drawing a blank. But they've got a whole suite of tools, but Jira and Confluence are the only ones we use and they integrate really well too.
0: Yeah, especially they talk really well to each other, right? Mm -hmm. Built by the same teams. Mm -hmm. I I like the idea of Confluence. I like its organizational structure really Mm -hmm. well. So how it saves files and where it puts things. But I do lose stuff in there all the time. Right. Uh, my my biggest complaint is the whole having to publish things. I don't mm-hmm. like the publishing idea, which that's a very developer mindset because right. they commit code, they publish um right. a version of something. I like having a, a file that's just auto-saved. And as soon as I close it, it's it's done. You know, it's, right.
1: Yeah, it works really well for our product teams uh when they're working with clients. So if yeah. they create agendas or roadmaps or um, any number of documents you might create within a project. Um, then it's connected to JIRA, which is where we manage all of our software projects. So all of our sprints features, um, they integrate really well and it's been really
0: good for those teams. So then you just made a good segue to so JIRA, mm-hmm. um, or, or we'll, we'll say like, uh, product management and project management tools. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh man. We could do a whole episode on project management tools.
1: We're not I'm sure to. at some point we've done
0: something yeah. <laughs> on these. You look at our we've YouTube. written... Yeah, look at our YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. We still get comments back on a video that we made on, about Zenhub. And Zenhub oh, yeah. sat on top of GitHub as a... Um, um, like a ticket tracker, like right. Jira, but just super lightweight. And it just sat right on top of GitHub tickets. Um, we... We moved to Jira. I was pretty—I was a pretty uh, not nice person about Jira for a long time. I—you mean I, stubborn? I was stubborn. <laughs> years, years of, and I might still be, uh, but I don't have to touch it as much as everybody else does. The this Jira is the number one used tool for developers and development teams for tracking tickets, um, bugs, issues, user stories of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're on a development team, JIRA is incredibly powerful um, for that and also because that, those tickets can be used as a description of your completed work when you're submitting your commits to whatever version control platform you use. Right. That's what a lot of other tools missed was that whole like complete story of the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. and JIRA does that really well. Mm-hmm. we try we've tried using jira for other tasks like daily project management tasks and i think i personally believe it breaks down um yeah. it doesn't do that as well cuz it's it's built for development teams
1: right well i think what you said there was really important too is that you can split applications that do the same thing um but yet do it in a way that might be easier for a product team versus like an operations or a marketing team yeah so that's and, what we learned uh, when we first went to jira we did Team switch, um, everyone working in JIRA, and it was working really well for product teams, and it was probably working okay for everyone else. Um, uh, enemy, I would say uh, okay. I okay. was okay. saying okay. Yeah. I
0: would, yeah. <laughs> Less than okay for me, but that, uh, yeah, I hear, I hear you. <laughs> in general, uh, yeah, we're yeah, okay. I and so,
1: and so what we figured out is that we, it, there doesn't necessarily have to be a one size fits all. So, yeah, yeah. we do use a, another system we use that really can be tailored and customized to whatever your however your organization works and that's Asana. And yeah. so we've been using Asana for a long time. We got pretty much everyone off of Asana to Jira and then now we have a couple teams back on Asana because from our vantage point those that aren't in heavy development and design work Asana provides a level of flexibility and speed and reduced Complexity um, right. that allows for teams that again aren't now we run by sprints we try to run those mm-hmm. non-product teams by sprints it's but there's just a different
0: work, so the discipline is still the same but the tool is different
1: right and I think just the yeah I would just say the the reduced complexity and focus around developer type workflows on asana work a little bit better for those that are purely in an operations marketing or sales type role. And so I think that's what we would say is like and again it depends on where you're at. If the, if it's more like we need to stick with one from maybe a cost perspective or we need to stick with one because again we don't want to overwhelm people with multiple types mm-hmm. of uh, of of systems and applications totally get it. But For us, the flexibility of which system to use provided uh, workflow flexibility for those that aren't gonna be in a dev heavy type project management system like Jira.
0: Yeah, we used to try to use Asana as our dev tool. Um, Mm -hmm. We did that for a couple years. Um, The biggest issue is that it just, you didn't get the complete story of work, so you couldn't commit issues um, like Jira can do. Asana is extremely flexible, which can be really mm-hmm. awesome for someone who wants to nerd out on creating your own designed processes. Mm-hmm. If you want somebody to tell you how to work and structure your work in a certain way, so like force a sprint structure and force um, force disciplines through the software, then Asana is not that tool because it's almost so flexible that it can be overwhelming. Like, what am I supposed to do?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they've added a bunch of new features and we won't go through the features, but I mean, really what it comes down to both of these systems, both these products are about creating issues, tickets, um, tasks, um, seeing them as a team. That's really important for us is that the team can see each mm-hmm. other's work. Right. And then being able to to isolate back out to, yeah, yeah, but what's assigned to me and what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's, that's where both of those tools re- work really well. In the past, we've used tools like base camp, um, I think that's, we, we switched from Basecamp to Asana. So that was kind of the upgrade for us was to go from, I don't think we've used anything I don't else. Think. For, prod, for product management. We've yeah, tried, I don't think we have. We've tried a couple different tools. We used Aura for a while, beautiful uh-huh. app, but really um, needed some refinement. And then Zenhub, like I mentioned before. Uh-huh. So um, we're throwing all these out there just for, to give you some, some things to go Google and search. You mentioned a good point, Dan, These all using all these SaaS tools, and we have more on the list. We'll keep going in. Um, we there are lots of free tiers, Mm -hmm. but we're a team of 40, so we're way past the free tiers on most of these products. And then you end up paying per user per seat. So Mm -hmm. you're one of our largest costs outside of human resources, outside of people is uh in these software solutions absolutely um and i think asana we're paying thousands of dollars a year Jira, we're paying thousands of dollars a year so it can get expensive right. and even gmail now gmail used to be really inexpensive and now you pay per seat and it, it, the, the costs add up so you just right. need to do the math in your head how big is your team and it's going to scale based off how big your team is
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yep
0: Okay, so project management, um, your document editors. I would say that tool set right there, uh-huh. we, could, we could do 90% of the work that we do. Right. Right. Slack, uh, email, Gmail, um, some type of word processor, Google Docs or Paper, um, and then project management through something like JIRA or Asana. Uh-huh. Right. That's the majority of what we're doing. Each of the craft teams have different tools that they're using, but those, that's kind of the bulk of the work.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, There's three on here, though, uh, that really are the icing on the cake. Uh-huh, and yeah. and they really, at least two of them, have been getting a lot of just cred and a lot of advertising. Um, some of it good, some of it bad. Um, but <laughs> they've got to fix. So Zoom is yeah. one uh you're seeing it right now um well we're, what we're using recording. it right now yeah this is what we're recording in this is uh, what i mean conversations with extended family and friends people that have probably never really heard of zoom at all know, and now so almost the it's whole so world weird. is on it um when so when, you, when you know when your parent yeah. when
0: your parents start saying can we jump on a zoom call it's like oh no. right you it's know like, i feel i feel like those teenagers are like they secretly were using TikTok, but they didn't want their parents to know. And now it's like, you know, adults are starting to, to like drift into TikTok, just like it happened with Facebook and Instagram and everything else. Right. And, and, and I feel like it's the same thing where I'm like, well, I don't, this is my space. Zoom right. is my we, tool.
1: <laughs> oh, George, <laughs> the ever early adopter. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, so Zoom has been key. One, it keeps you in contact with everybody. Yeah. Two, it's so easy to get on a quick zoom call, share your screen. Hey, let's go over this real quick. You can have meetings with your entire company. Uh, we do, we have um, once a week we have all day Wednesday standups yep. and then we're about to have an all team meeting on Thursday through zoom, you, uh, sharing presentations, doing webinars. I mean, zoom is, I would say a Slack is a hub of communication for sure, but from a actual voice and being able to see people, Zoom is key. And I've used, uh, meet or Google. It used to be Google Hangouts. It's Google yep. Hangout meet, I think now. Um, and it's, it's okay. it's okay. The thing about that system that I don't like is that you can't see everybody at once really. Uh-huh. Yeah, And so you can't see when someone wants to talk about, you know, is going to like say something because you can really only see maybe seven or eight people. But if you're on a call with 15 or 20, one, you don't really know if they're there. Uh, it's really hard to see if they are there. And two, it's hard to jump in because you just can't see them. So if you're facilitating, it's hard to read a virtual room.
0: I remember when we went to Zoom, it was, it was like finally someone figured out web conferencing. Right. Um, because we had used WebEx, GoToMeeting, um, Cisco has some solutions. Cisco, yep. Um, of course, Google Hangouts, but all of them, were just super glitchy. The quality was was bad. Um, mm-hmm. You never knew if people were joining. There's so many you know, videos online that make fun of joining a, a call. And Zoom still has some issues. Like even during this recording, I've noticed our internet is struggling. Yep. But for the most part, it, it it has done a good job to make up for that lag. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they had some security concerns. I want right. to name that. There were some issues with people basically being able to hack the IDs or basically just choosing mm-hmm. a random Zoom code and joining, right. um, that, is a, that is a risk. They've done a lot of things to address that, a lot. Um, oh, totally. So the new Zoom um, client, the new Zoom app on my computer and on my phone um, has stripped out a lot of third-party integrations primarily mm-hmm. so they can get down to a really secure solution. So I th- feel like if you're using Zoom now, you're probably on the more secure solution right? Like, because they've just like chopped the head off of, some of the, so much of that. Um, so we still love zoom. We're still supporting them. Their stock price is low, but whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's bounced back up. I checked
1: this morning. It's, it's doing okay. (laughs) Uh, I looked at, I looked at, I'm like, okay, all right. Shares are going back up. That's a good, that's good news.
0: Yeah. So, um, so zoom is definitely, yeah, one of our, our top conferencing, um, voice video, um, communication pieces. And talking about integrating it back to Slack, one of the cool things is, is if you if you turn on the integration with Slack, you can do these command line things in your chat. So like, mm-hmm. for instance, I use all the time slash Zoom. Right. Hit enter. And then it immediately spins up a Zoom call that everybody that's in that channel can join. And we can just do that rather than having to get a Zoom call, share the link, invite everybody in, et cetera. Or, um, you know, we didn't. We, you mentioned it earlier, but we didn't talk. Google Calendar is what I use, and we use it. Oh yeah, for yeah. all of our calendaring. In the Google Calendar, the web version um, has a Chrome extension. I think a Safari extension mm-hmm. that allows you to do to set Zoom as like a default um, uh, way to join a meeting.
1: Right, and so, so when you're I mean, inviting, it's right there. Like make it a Zoom meeting. Yep. Yep, yep. and you can. Um, yeah. You just click on that and it's so easy or otherwise you'd have to go out to the zoom app, create it, copy and paste the URL, go back in there, which again, isn't too time consuming, time consuming, but it is so much easier. And
0: people get, it gets lost. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so really I think I would encourage people to to play around with those integrations and see if you can find like, oh, if you're using another tool, it probably talks to something you're already using. Right. Um, and then I'm gonna guess you said there was two products here that were icing on the cake. I'm gonna guess mm-hmm. the other one was Miro. Miro. Yeah. Amazing tool. Man, I it's love, amazing. I love Miro. Um yeah. we used to, to use a tool like called Mural. Um yes. and it was similar. Yeah. And it was kind of really early in trying to say like, can the internet browser do this mm-hmm. and, and they, if they still exist they're still doing great work and i think they're still trying to compete but i think miro has, has definitely they took it to the next level and they just, did. Their, their templates their um voting system mm-hmm. their integrations with like everything on the planet um, yep. if you use asana you can bring asana tickets in if you use jira you can bring jira tickets in you can set up a slack thing i mean
1: you can set up Kanban boards in Miro if you want to. Right. I mean, you can manage project. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As your project management tool. We've been on uh, some collaborative workshops with Miro um, and just love what they're doing. Um, if you're not using Miro, you should at least try it out. There's a, there's a free yes. um, free tier. And um, it's been one of the, like, the key tools that I've used to just mm-hmm. think. My brain thinks and mind maps and right.
1: diagrams. Putting things together. So it's been huge, really, really helpful. Um, if any aspect of your work revolves around, or let's just say used to, and mm-hmm. still does, but you had easy access to a yeah. conference room and a whiteboard. Yep. Yep. To go in and just jam on something. Let's draw this out. Let's map out whether it's a process or you want to make a decision. And even if you want to list pros and cons. I mean, yeah. If any part of your job really went revolved around that, and you're missing it, and you're you're noticing some level of productivity, can you still hear me? Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) my headset just said, "Please recharge. Battery (laughs) low." I think as long as you're plugged in. Um, Okay, I'm good now. But um, yeah, Miro, I I highly recommend trying it out. Go on there; they have amazing uh, tutorials. I mean, you can get spun up. If you're a pretty quick learner, you don't need to even go through t- the tutorials, but they are useful. Um, if, you use sticky, if you use sticky notes and you like to putting stuff up on a wall, uh-huh. just try it. Try it yeah. out for even, you know, download it, open it up on a, on a Monday, use it for a week in, in your meetings. Yeah. And I don't think you'll go back.
0: So what we'll do often is we'll, we'll spin up a Zoom call. We'll share our screen with a Miro.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll
0: usually share the link to the Miro in, the, in a Slack mm-hmm. channel and then people can all jump in there and you can see their cursors all moving around like little gnats on the screen. Yep. And, um, and then we'll collaborate there if we want to, um, if we want to have like kind of a demo- democratic vote on something, there's a voting Their a little thumbs up at the bottom of the screen is probably one of our, our favorite features. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can set timers. So you say like, hey, everybody go after creating as many ideas as possible. And you set like a timer to have like a two minute limit or something. Right. Like that. Um, Really, really, really powerful tool, and we're we're kind of nerds about it. But it's probably one of my favorite tools right now, for sure.
1: The other one that's on there that is Airtable. Mm. Now, I will say, now I love spreadsheets. They're and I'll I, 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 yeah, I think I'm Microsoft curious. Excel is probably one of the greatest software <laughs> systems ever created. It runs many it's, enterprises. Yeah. I love it. Um, I also like Google Sheets, so I kind of go back and forth. I just haven't. I just don't think I've taken the time. I love it. And our product team uses it. Oh, you haven't taken the time with Airtable. Myself. Yeah. I mean, I go in there and I use it, but I have yet to like actually go in and create a lot of my own sheets in there. Yeah. But the ones that I'm on that have been created by uh, our production team and another member of our operations team, I mean, they are slick. They're really good. You can organize them so well. Again, you're probably wondering, why have I not, Used it, and I don't know. Creature of habit, don't have the time. But it's a learning it's curve. A learning curve. It, it is a really good tool, though.
0: So, if you're not familiar with Airtable, and I wasn't, maybe this is a, it's relatively recent. It's mm-hmm. been around for a while, but I I maybe started using it about a year ago. Um, Airtables is like it's a spreadsheet tool. But it, what it really is doing is creating databases. Mm-hmm. So instead of just thinking about your tables and rows um, on each of your sheets, each of your sheets represents like an actual set of data. And then you mm-hmm. can cross-reference those things just like you would with pivot tables inside of um, Excel. Hey, and hey. Um, you can do a lot of the same f- formulaic things that you can mm-hmm. do with, a, with um, you know an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet. Um, but where it gets really powerful is that you can create really interesting ways to um, visualize it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very beautiful tool. It's very Mm -hmm. um, well-designed and a lot of integrations, a lot of companies are using it almost as their database. Like if you update records there, it will do something else in an app someplace else. Right. Um, Exactly. We use it for things like sales forecasting for, we've used it for CRM for, Mm -hmm. um, for sales. We've used it for I mean, most of our business
1: metrics are tracked in their utilization, all of our accounts receivable tied to sales and are in there. And the cool thing is you can section things off. So obviously, if you're looking at things over a year, you might want to divide it by a quarter. Now you can easily do that in Excel by just putting like a bar that signifies new section, or you can use a new tab um, on the worksheet. However, with Airtable, you can actually create collapsible sections of the spreadsheet, which is super, super nice and the way it, it can aggregate focus. data, it does, it gives yeah. you focus. And so I wouldn't put our, we had our sales forecasting in um, Google Sheets. a Google sheet for four years and it worked fine, but then it's like, okay, this is just, it's too unruly. We just had a lot of information to track. And so we felt really good for the person that created it. Exactly. Me. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. No. And that's what I'm saying. Is right. Like, yeah. And I think that's actually a really challenge of all these tools. If you're the Absolutely. person that is championing the use of one of these tools, you're going to be right. the one that actually probably likes it the most. Yeah. Yeah. What you need to do is spend time really getting your team to adopt it and to use it and try it and get their hands dirty and just build a new discipline and build a new habit and, and using a new tool. People don't like right. change. So this is going to be a lot of change if you introduce right. like this. All at and once. it
1: forces you to organize it in a way that anyone can read it and use it. Whereas right. if you're creating a sheet um, in Excel, you know, the way my the way I think and put things in, you know, a sheet in Excel or Google Sheet is different than someone else. Yeah. And so the good thing that Airtable does is it gives you a common mm-hmm. uh, way to delineate. So um being again, be able to collapse sections in Airtable is the common way to delineate new section, new section versus in Excel. I may use just a black bar. Right. You know, other people may hide rows and columns, which is fine. But again, it forces you to try to adopt a common way so that anyone that goes in there can use it.
0: I feel like with Excel, I tend to find myself like the math doesn't add up someplace, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So you can have to do this awkward like trace back. Whereas mm-hmm. Airtable kind of has preset things that help you to do
1: right. Things.
0: So I love Airtable. We're using it a lot, um, a lot more than we used to. Uh, we've actually replaced other more um, mm-hmm. like CRM specific type tools with Airtable. Um, as a side note, I didn't put it in here, but for for our CRM for our sales tracking and mm-hmm. lead tracking, we use um, Copper. Mm-hmm. Is it still called Copper? I know it it's Copper.
1: Used to be ProsperWorks. I think that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Um, and just if you're if you're looking for a good sales CRM that works really well with Gmail um coppers fantastic um right. not, don't have to dive too much anymore it's just what it is um does good um sales forecasting uh we're we're running long on time so i want to move through these real quick um uh more recent you you've only done used this maybe in the last it's week
1: great i need to figure out my audio but oh, it's yeah <laughs> yeah so it's it's these headphones i don't know what it is but loom Oh, that's, that's what, what we're going to talk about. about. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, does not like these headphones. So oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to try just my my Apple um, earbuds. But for whatever reason, like because it, it did it with another one, it cut out the last 30 seconds of these. I don't know why. Oh. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, and, and Loom. Um, I so what what is Loom? Loom allows you to record do screen recordings with uh, Nvidia recordings. Mm-hmm. So different than Zoom cuz Zoom is primarily used for live mm-hmm. reactions. Although we're recording a conversation for a kind of a, you know, podcast or webinar, Loom is really more so like I need to send you something that you don't we didn't need to jump on a call for but I just mm-hmm. want you to see this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick it in Slack. Here's a link to my Loom recording. Uh, take a time look at it when you can. This is um, Michael, what our, one of our senior product managers and coaches here. He does, um, he's really good at thinking about asynchronous work. Mm-hmm. So this term asynchronous, and we, well, we'll unpack this more later, is this idea of not having to be in the same place at the same time doing all the work, mm-hmm. but still avoiding silos. So how do you do that? Primarily, it's through tools like Slack or like Loom where you can say something, leave it on the table for the person or leave it in the channel for the person mm-hmm. and say, when you get a chance, take a look at it and then respond back to me when you're available. Yep. And um, Loom's great because rather than trying to type out a long report or a description, you just click record your faces in a little circle, your screens getting recorded or your app or whatever browser you're in. And you can talk somebody through like, hey, I wanted to explain this, this, and this. And this is ex- exactly what I was thinking. And yeah, and, um, Michael's Michael's limbs can get long um, because he's just but like really- he calls
1: it out though, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. So he'll actually tell us, he's like, hey, FYI, I said a lot here. Listen to it on time. <laughs> and you can you can speed it up. So right. like, listen to it on one and a half or times two. Yeah. And he's right. And it's fine. I can get through it pretty quick. Um, so Loom's awesome. I Honestly, so this is where- universe of apps connects. I will spin up a mirror board. I'll be looking at a, a website or mm-hmm. a, prod, a product that we're working on or a campaign that we're working on. I'll be looking at the tool, the, the, the site over here. Oh, okay. So we'll go, we'll go down the rabbit hole. I'll be looking at something in um, Webflow, which is what we use for our website. So another SaaS tool we use to host and manage and design our website. I'll be looking at a page in Webflow with my growth team and my marketing team. I will then go, mm, I need to describe this in a better way. So I'll spin up a Miro and I'll diagram out what I want or a flow that I'm looking for, maybe the content, how I want it laid out. Then I'll, because I don't want to bug anybody with it, I'll go ahead and share that Miro in Slack, the link to it. But also I want to describe what I was thinking. So I'll do a Miro, or excuse I'll, I'll do a loom. I know this is, uh, this is probably going to terrify make some people <laughs> like you're insane. I'll do a loom <laughs> video to describe both the page that I was looking at. And then I'll jump over to the Miro and describe what I want the new thing to be. Uh-huh. And then I'll, I'll copy and paste the loom into Slack. So again, hmm. bringing it all back into our hub to my growth team. And the great part is they'd be like, Oh, cool. Uh, that was the page he was talking about. Here's a diagram of what he's looking for moving forward. And if they have any questions, they can drop comments or we can jump on a call with Zoom if we need to. Right. That's how these things all kind of end up working yep. together. So none of us are in, ever in the same room, which is amazing that we live in 2020 and that's possible. Right. Um, so Loom, um, those are, co- are kind of our core business across all teams. They all work. Specifically as it um revolves around remote work yes yeah i well, i have some other things listed here i think i'm going to save them for another episode there are um craft sp- specific tools uh-huh. that we use that make it actually really great um and j- just to hint, hint at them things like github which is version control so we can commit from anywhere uh, figma is kind of our newest mm-hmm. favorite design tool where you can do collaborative design work ui work um Zapier lets you connect apps together. I'm not mm-hmm. great at Zapier. Some of, some of our team is awesome at Zapier. And then one called Ecamm Live, which is kind of a new tool that I'm nerding out on for doing live broadcasts. But mm-hmm. Lots there, guys. There's that a was, lot. How many, how many tools do we cover? In, um,
1: let's see, two, four, six, eight, 10, 11. 11 plus we plus. dripped
0: in maybe four or five more right. supplemental web right. flow and things like that. Which um, can sound
1: really overwhelming.
0: It sounds daunting, doesn't it? And, it? and it
1: can. And so if you were to step into CRIMA, so be empathetic here to a, a new employee at CRIMA, you're like, wow, what that's a lot. wrong of,
0: with these people?
1: Yeah. <laughs> However, once you live in our environment for a good, I would say a month. Two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two weeks to four weeks, you've caught on pretty quickly. And most of the people that we are hiring, for the most part, are familiar with at least half. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they've used it as a a previous job or even at the university, um, they use some of these tools. And so it is, it does sound overwhelming if we were to write down the entire list of suite that we use, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, how do you keep all of that straight? The other thing is you have to remember that. And as we onboard people and we can do this through another system we have, which is called rippling. It's fantastic. Love that. We can, assign and allocate subscriptions to apps based off your role. So if you're a product manager, you may not need, you may need, you know, 60% of these, we can send you, um, and get you signed up on 60% of these apps. The others, you don't need to touch. Mm -hmm. That makes it so much easier because it used to be where we onboard. It's like, well, we have these list of apps and I'll try to get you added to the ones I think you need added to. If you don't, if you need more, just hit me up.
0: The management was a nightmare. Right.
1: Now it's, oh, product manager, your hire date is January 1. We hit a button and you're sent Im- invitations to all of these that you can then sign up for.
0: Rippling really changed a lot. I for- That's a good note because mm. it was, yeah, I forgot how hard it was to manage before Rippling. And not all the apps work with it, but most of them do. Right. Um, and being able to assign people to different apps or revoke access or those types mm-hmm. of things. If mm-hmm. you're on a, 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 a team that's larger than 10, maybe 20, mm-hmm. um, and you're having a hard time managing what people have access to, looking at something like Rippling mm-hmm. uh, is really, really powerful um, for headcount and for access to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it saved us so much time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I think the point is, of all this, why do we use all this rather than just picking the one tool to rule them all? Because uh-huh. um, I think that we could have just said, let's just pick the Microsoft suite. We get Teams, we get Office, we get uh, 360, we get um, Outlook, etc. There's some pros to that, uh-huh. but what we found is that by by actually using all these tools, I don't know if you feel this way, Dan. By using all these tools, it actually forces us to be more adaptive and creative, uh-huh. to think about different ways to work, to to optimize certain things, to push us to to experience something new. Um, and we've weeded out, believe it or not, there's probably another list just as long, if not longer of tools that we have used in the past that we don't use anymore. Right. Um, and so we are, we're always adapting to a new way of thinking, a new tool, a new structure that allows us to do our work better. So we're always exploring a better way to do it. Now, there's some pros and cons to that. It, the team has to kind of go like, all right, what tool are we using today? But I think we have landed. at These this core set of tools is what we've been using for at least the last year.
1: Right. Well, I, you want the best tool to do the job. That's I mean, it's right. like if you walk into a worksite, you don't just have one tool. That's right. You know, you have a multi, You have a toolbox in the back of your truck, and you have a tool bag, and you've got tons and tons of tools for all the different jobs. Some of the tools you may use twice a year, but when you need right. that tool, you really need that tool.
0: That's exactly right.
1: And exactly. so, I mean, you just can't use a hammer, you know, one tool to rule them all. And so, again, using that analogy, we are trying to find the best tool within reason. Some of yep. these tools will serve more than one purpose, and that's great. If you can find one that serves three purposes, fantastic. But finding one tool to serve them all, one, they're not going to be able to do everything well. Mm-hmm. That's and, you're gonna, and you're going to skimp on something to get really good at something else or to save money, to have one rule, one tool to rule them all. So our recommendation would be to try out a whole bunch. Most of all of these, you can do a free version. Yep. And then just wait against the pros and cons. I mean, if it'll help you do your job better, it's a little pricey, but you might save in productivity, higher quality, mm-hmm. serve your clients better.
0: I think we talked early on, on a couple of different episodes about this idea of the network thinking, mm-hmm. right? And I think what I really love about using a suite of SaaS tools or software service tools is that instead of trying to use one behemoth app that is trying to do all things, but not doing it well, like you said, you can use the network of tools. And in a modern 2020 age, they all talk to each other, right? Um, So you don't have to feel like you're jumping from tool to tool. Instead, you're like, oh, how do I pull this in? How do I Mm -hmm. grab something from here and share it there? Um, And that's what becomes really powerful. It does, you have to shift the way you think because you Mm -hmm. have to think about an integrated network rather than a uh, a machine.
1: Mm -hmm. A behemoth platform.
0: Right, right. And honestly, where we're looking with our clients, that's a lot of the coaching that we have with them around how they should design and build software, the solutions Mm -hmm. that we're building with them we're oftentimes coaching them because we'll have clients that will come to say, and we'll say, well, what's your new unique value prop? We're like, well, my app does everything that these seven apps do and it's going to do it better and it's going to be cheaper. It's like, you're wrong. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cause uh, it takes teams of dozens and dozens and dozens of engineers and designers to build just one of these well and maintain it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, what we'll do, I'm going to see, I'm going to work with my growth team. We'll try to put together a list of these tools mm-hmm. um, and have it as a downloadable sheet for you. So check out our, um, our website for crema.us slash option five. And we'll have a link to a way that you can get a list of all the apps that we use. We did write a post on Medium a while back that was like the 34, but it was actually 38 tools that we <laughs> use to, to run our, our, our agency.
1: At that point, um, who's counting? I mean... <laughs> I mean, wow! What's an extra four?
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> if you need help with any of these things, we'd love mm. to help you. Um, mm-hmm. Part of what our coaches actually do is help our clients think through the tools that they ought to be using, the workflows that they have in their daily activity, um, and um, we do this. We actually help our clients not only build and design the software, but we also help them think about using the tools that already exist, mm-hmm. to do their work better. So, um, if we can help with any of that, hit us up. Let us know. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, check out crema.us and just shoot us a a contact message through our website there. Um, I could, I could probably just sit for the next four hours and talk and just test tools. I, I love it. Um, but again, we build tools, so Mm -hmm. there's, there's a reason it feels, it feels natural to do Mm -hmm. that. Um, coming up, we're going to be really trying to lean into some hard conversations and really push ourselves in this podcast. So um, more more to come from that um, and we're gonna have some conversations some with some of our favorite people in the world soon so more to come on the option 5 podcast but I we thought we'd make this one really practical here's yeah. some things that you can get your hands on and start using mm-hmm. um, in your your daily daily life Dan what do you what do you got planned for the uh, for the rest of the day which you anything exciting good well we
1: have a presentation at lunch, lunch uh, all team lunch and learn and then I am in meetings until four thirty. <laughs> I have, <a laughs> uh, so I'll be using Zoom a lot. Uh, uh, we're going to be using our tools. I have an ops meeting, and then I have a leadership team meeting with you. Yours truly. I'll be there, and Matthew Cole.
0: Yeah, we. This is it's a busy season. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to push things forward. I know everybody feels that right now. Um, trying to have a posture of making sure that we hold things loosely and um, make sure that we're really trying to serve our clients well, but. Some of these tools help help us to do that better, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. You And if you can learn to use the tools right, um, especially what George said about the integrations, it can make you so much more productive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, more to come on the podcast, but I hope this is helpful for you guys. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already subscribed, why haven't you? you? Why why don't you just click the button? Yeah, I mean, if you're listening for the first time, yeah. You click a a billion times a day. Why not just click that one? right.
1: Um, What's what's a billion and one? (laughs)
0: That's right. At that point, it's not even a real number. That's right. Um, Yeah. So go ahead and subscribe. We would love for you to drop us a review. So give us a five-star review on preferably on iTunes because I think it's the best place to do it. But if you're listening to us on any other podcast, go ahead and share a link to it to your friends, your families, your loved ones. And um, yeah, I I think that's it. uh, We'll see you guys next time. Bye everyone. Bye. My name is CK Hicks, and I'm a lead architect at Crema. My role includes working with and for the development team to keep them unblocked in their daily work. Uh, Seeing someone figure out how to do something new just absolutely makes my day, and it's a privilege to represent the team internally and before our clients. I really enjoy working at Crema because it's a team of humble, confident people who love to learn and take care of one another, and I especially appreciate seeing how an idea can come from any one person and eventually grow into a posture that we all share and embody. Option 5 is a podcast by Crema, a digital product agency that creates web and mobile apps for disruptive companies and industry leaders. We believe that design, technology, and culture can help create a world where individuals and companies thrive. Learn more at crema.us. Cheers.